Hey everybody, how we doing? Um, right now there is somebody who is fixing part of the drywall in my apartment, so if you hear noises, that is who it is. I apologize, but, um, I needed to get this done, like right now, so here we are. Well, California is on fire. Uh, part of the reason for that is that there was a gender reveal party, I think, in the Los Angeles area, and they set off fireworks, and um, now there's like 9,000 acres that have burned up. So the movie that I'm about to talk about feels similar. It's called Knowing, obviously a Nick Cage movie. Um, I watched it with mostly with my friend Molly. We thought it was going to be funny because it's Nick Cage. Turns out it's actually really not, and it's pretty dark. So buckle up, because the apocalyptic vibe that we have been getting uh, just throughout 2020 continues in this movie. Um, so this is, this is kind of where it starts. It opens up in Lexington, Massachusetts with 1950 school children, which is never a good sign. That's always going to be creepy. A time capsule is being put in the ground, and along with that time capsule, all are the drawings of the, the 1950s children have made. One of those drawings is not a drawing. This girl is like writing furiously, like a whole page full of just numbers, like a crazy person, like very beautiful mind esque. Um, and then at one point, you know, she goes missing, and they look for her, and she's in the basement, and she's like scratched a message and the door with her nails and it's all bloody so that's cool just a creepy school children this is a great way to start off fast forward it's present day nick cage is a single dad we don't really know what happened to the mom but he lives in this big old creepy house in lexington massachusetts with his son and he is a professor at mit which is amazing. Um, I don't know if that would be scary or cool to have Nicolas Cage as your professor, but I feel like it would probably toggle back and forth. But I would definitely take that class. Um, they have a bunch of... There are a bunch of students in the class. One of them was Liam Hemsworth. Um, Molly looked it up later. Apparently it was filmed in Australia, which makes sense as to why he was there. But there were a lot of, like, really attractive people, and for an MIT classroom, not to stereotype, but to stereotype, it just wasn't accurate in that sense. Then Ben Mendelsohn walks into the picture. He's a colleague of Nick Cage's, and they're both obviously very smart, um, but he watches Nick Cage get the end of his lecture, which takes a very dark turn. He says, there's no purpose to the universe. And the students are like, okay. And he, his ending line is, I think shit just happens. Class dismissed. That's what he says. So in typical bummer MIT fashion, he basically, um, he basically extols the uh, exclusivity of science as the reason for anything and everything. Okay, so then this part, the rest of it, um, his time with Ben Mendelsohn is really not that important. But one thing I'd like to note is Ben Mendelsohn is an utter creep. He describes his sister-in-law as having PH double Ds. Disgusting. And then Nick Cage remembers, oh my gosh, 
I have to go to my son's school's time capsule unearthing, which is that whole thing that we saw at the beginning. And of course, his son gets handed the crazy girl letter with all the numbers on it. This is where it starts to get really kind of dumb and then really sad. So his son takes the letter home with him and Nick Cage is like, why did you take this home? This belongs to the school. I want you to give it back tomorrow morning. But for some reason, leaves it out of the backpack, like takes it out of his son's backpack and puts it on the kitchen counter, which is like, if you want him to take it back to school, just leave it in his backpack so he doesn't forget it. So it's a clear setup for later. He, of course, is huge into whiskey, drinks way too much whiskey, like clearly every night. And he puts his like dirty glass down on the paper and tries to like wipe it off. And he sees within the circle of like the whiskey glass that there are some numbers that look really familiar. He sees the numbers 911, 9-11. And he's like, wait a second, 9-11. And he starts looking up random dates within that whole piece of paper. It's the dates of these natural disasters along with the body count of those natural disasters. Now, that's all well and good. But the problem with this is that there are spaces in between the numbers that he's chosen that he, that he somehow knows are there. In other words, like, there's 9112001, but then there's a, a string of other numbers. So if you're just looking at it, you don't know that that means 9112001 because you're just picking out what you want to see from it. So it just is very, like, unrealistic in terms of how he's able to discover that. I think we're supposed to believe because he is an MIT professor, he can do that, but that's not a thing. So his sister comes to visit. There's like a religious aspect to it where he's like the son of a preacher, blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. Um, he tries to tell Ben Mendelsohn and Ben Mendelsohn's like, you're crazy. And me as the person watching, I'm like, yeah, he's crazy. Um, but then he notices he's sitting in his car and he notices like the car says like certain coordinates that is, are again on that piece of paper. And he gets out of his car and a plane crashes as he's sitting on the highway. And he like goes to the crash site, runs to the crash site. And it's actually extremely gratuitous like so many people on fire running around crawling out of the wreckage like burning alive it was like a lot and Nicolas Cage says there are two disasters left on that piece of paper um along this al alongside the story so when the little girl was like writing the numbers she saw the I think before she wrote the letter or after she was like I can't really remember this creepy guy dressed in like a long trench coat, blonde guy, just standing in the woods staring at her. That guy comes back like into the Nick Cage world. And he hangs outside the house and like gives Nick Cage's son a stone. And Nick Cage is like, uh, uh stranger danger. And runs outside with a baseball bat and is like, you want some of this? And hits the, a tree with the baseball bat very threateningly. And he realizes that Rose Byrne is the daughter of that girl who wrote that crazy letter. And he tracks her down. And Rose Byrne doesn't want to hear about it because obviously, like, her mom was crazy. Um, but he decides to take matters into his own hands and go to New York City where he believes another disaster is about to happen and somehow ends up at the exact place of the disaster, even though I guess their latitude and longitude coordinates... Um, and it's a subway disaster, and 
I thought the plane scene was gratuitous. This is like 10 times more disgusting. It's they're in the subway and like a subway barrels into another one. And you get like a full frontal view of it, like just crushing people. And it's just too much. And knowing that this was made in 2008, that's only seven years after 9-11, which was way too soon to be kind of creating that type of like disaster porn, you know? Anyway, so Rose Byrne comes to his house and is like, actually, confession, my mom was cuckoo. I really need help um, trying to figure out like what the deal was because she told me the date of when I was going to die. I'm going to cut this like really, really short, guys, because it like it's weird and it's dark and it's convoluted. This movie, by the way, two hours long. Way too long. Way too long. Anyway. So they go on all these adventures. They go to the mom's old house. They, the, the guys in the black trench coat come and follow them again, but like, don't hurt them. They like come to talk to the kids. And then the son has like a dream that everything is burning. Like there's the apocalypse, blah, blah, blah. Then he starts writing numbers, right? The son starts writing numbers the same way the crazy girl did. Then Rose Byrne is driving them to like a safe location, the kids, and the trench coat guys come and take the kids away. And Nicolas Cage, like, f- and then Rose Byrne dies. Sorry. She dies. And as predicted, she dies on that day. Uh, so goodbye to Rose Byrne. Just a flash in the pan on this movie. Nicolas Cage follows the, the son and Rose Byrne's daughter and the, the kids are, like, kind of being creepy. And they're like, yeah, these people, they said they're here to help us. They're going to help us. Like, we're going to be safe now. Which is just weird. So the guys in the trench coats have clearly convinced them to, like, go with them. Turns out they're aliens or angels or something of the like. And Nicholas Cage is, like, getting to board, ready to board the spaceship with the kids. And the trench coat guy basically, like, with his eyes tells him, like, Uh uh-uh, buddy, like, you're not coming along. So basically, they're taking these two kids to, like, create a new world, because this one's fucked, which is fine, except it's kind of weird, because you know that they're bringing those two to procreate, and it's just really strange. And they get taken into a spaceship, and Nick Cage goes and finds his religious family, and they all hug each other as the world explodes, which I can't remember why it exploded. I think it had to do something with the sun, but I don't really remember. And the kids are, like, frolicking in a field on a different planet, like, towards a tree, which is very reminiscent of Adam and Eve. Now, I'm exhausted at the end of this movie. Like, exhausted. And I'm also really sad, because Nick Cage actually gives a very poignant performance. He's devastated by the fact that he can't go with his son. Um, and it's it's honestly really upsetting. And he's like... Oh, man, I just, I don't, I don't know. There's something about it. Like the fact that he's like, I can't come with you and having to tell your child that and having to reckon with the fact that you are about to get wiped out is really, really, really dark. And given like the current circumstances of the world, I just felt like, dang, okay, it is all over. Even Nick Cage can't save us from this nightmare. I'm sorry that was so like rough. Um, but honestly, Nick Cage gives a great performance in this. He was totally normal. He didn't really have a Nick Cage f- freak out at any point, which, you know, sometimes I like. I like watching it when watching him when he's serious. I actually think he's a quite a nuanced actor when he wants to be. 
Um, I just think that he plays into crazy Nick Cage because he thinks it's what people want. Anywho, all I can say is I'm very excited for Nick Cage to play Joe Exotic. We can all look forward to that as a crazy kooky story, although that one is quite dark as well. It will be uh, Nick Cage with like insane facial hair and like cheetah print clothing and like a bedazzled cowboy hat. So I'm on board. I hope you're all having an okay Tuesday. Um, I know times are tough, but you know, you can always turn to a Nick Cage movie to lift your spirits. Just not this one. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs>